You are listening to the Locked On Eagles podcast. What's going on, everybody? Louis DiBiase joining you in studio on this late night edition of the podcast. We made it, ladies and gentlemen. The preseason is finally over. We've made it to the regular season of the 2019 NFL season. The Eagles wrap it up with their traditional week four game against the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium. And it was a doozy, ladies and gentlemen. So much points, you know, all six points in this game. The Eagles had incredibly only 38 yards of offense after the first quarter. So I'm sure you had as much fun as I did with this game. So we'll get some initial takeaways on today's podcast. We'll kind of put a a wrap on the 2019 preseason. But I also got some college football to get into as there was the kickoff of the college football season pretty much on, on this Thursday edition as well with Clemson kicking off today. Utah ranked 14th overall, Chip Kelly in UCLA. So there's some Eagles influenced uh, college football topics I want to get into on today's portion of the show too just to make it a little bit more bearable because we got to you know we got to we got to wrap up this uh, this preseason right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast and it was um, I would say it was the least eventful preseason like on the field because there and, and it's a good thing though for the Eagles they're just there wasn't that many important roster battles many jobs have already been locked up even before like training camp even started so there weren't many jobs to be won and that's really the first takeaway here with this game is that my 53-man roster that I predicted would be would break down from the 90 right now to the 53 at the end of the week it did not budge at all like there was nothing after this game I wasn't like oh okay so this guy's got to be penciled in now over so and so that didn't happen for me at all after this game again six nothing the Jets win it no offensive production whatsoever from the Eagles. Defensively, there was a few young players that stood out, and I think while one is already a lock to make the roster, a couple other guys maybe made a name for themselves and can you know tag along with maybe the Jets with Joe Douglas being familiar with this Eagles roster. Now the Jets GM, maybe he brings in a few of these guys. But for the most part, again, my 53-man roster predictions from Tuesday did not change after this game. And really the biggest takeaway from the Eagles today was news before the game that Deshaun Jackson, who ha- who broke his left ring finger this week, will play week one against Washington, which is huge. Me and Gino talked about it on Monday, how even if Deshaun Jackson cannot catch the football at full strength, his speed, just his presence alone, that threat to still bring it into his chest 80 yards down the field is still enough to when he's on the field, that's going to make an impact on Washington's defense. So the fact that the Eagles are going to have Deshaun Jackson and he's not going to miss any time at the start of the year so they can continue to use both 11 personnel heavily and 12 personnel is really, really big. So that's honestly the biggest takeaway today from an Eagles perspective, and it didn't really have anything to do with the game because, again, the Eagles have really the roster so secured, right? Even the depth, like we kind of knew already who the backup offensive linemen were going to be, who the corners were going to be, the defensive ends, even really the linebackers. I mean, there just, again, there wasn't many jobs to be won here, and I don't really think anybody 
made a extreme case for, oh, okay, here's a guy that had no chance of making the roster. Now we got to force him in there. We have no choice just based on his play. So, uh, again, this will be short and snappy as we recap Eagles, Jets, before I get into some college football talk. And we kind of we, we make a wrap on the summer. We are ready to get into the fall. It's September in just a day or two here, right? What's today? Today is, while well, I'm recording now, it's midnight, so it is the Friday the 30th. We have one more day. We're in September. We're in the fall. So we're going to recap. You know, we're going to run through here and end the summer on a, not a high note from an Eagles perspective, but definitely end this for, for good and really get now into the exciting part of the football season. So, yeah, that's the big news. Deshaun Jackson will play week one. That was from Dave Spadaro himself the Philadelphia Eagles insider who works for the team, so we know uh, that's a foolproof report. And uh, I, I would say there's some winners. I would say maybe there's three winners and a couple losers that I'll get into coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And, guys, today we're sponsored by DoorDash. Long day at work, still stuck at the office, open the DoorDash app. I work overnights at the radio station, and I can't really leave the board a lot of the time, so I can't go out and get food. DoorDash is such a huge advantage for me. I use DoorDash almost on the daily at this point. You can choose what you want to eat and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners on Lockdown Eagles can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more. And I know me personally, I can't stay under $15. So when you download the DoorDash app, $5 off your first order of $15. All you got to do when you get the app is enter the promo code LOCKDOWN. That's for our special LOCKDOWN Eagles listeners. So make sure when you next time or you haven't used DoorDash at all, make sure you order with the promo code LOCKDOWN when you get the app. DoorDash, thank you so much for sponsoring the LOCKDOWN Eagles podcast today. We'll be right back. This is Louis DiBiase. Don't go anywhere. All right, everybody, we are back. Louis DiBiase wrapping up week four of the preseason for the Eagles. They fall to the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium, six to nothing. So Ruben Frank of NBC Philly tweeted this out. It's such an incredibly pathetic stat. The Eagles had 102 total yards of offense today with only 64 passing yards. So uh, one of the big losers already of this game was Clayton Thorson, a big step back from the promising performance he had against Jacksonville. And, uh, you know, he will probably slip through waivers now, and he will be on the practice squad for the most part. But uh, Clayton Thorson, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of. I was encouraged by that Jacksonville game thinking, okay, maybe I was too harsh on him after the summer after a brutal training camp and after a abysmal showing week one of the preseason against Tennessee. But then he comes back and he regresses again today against New York. And again, only 38 yards of total offense after the first quarter is just terrible. And when you're the quarterback and you're a fifth-round pick and that's the result you're getting, that's not a great look for Clayton Thorson. So he's definitely one of the losers here. The offense in general just uh, was, was pretty bad. But I would say there's a few winners here coming out. And one, even if he doesn't make the team, is Greg Ward Jr. And I don't think it's justified if he gets cut personally. I think it's going to come down to a numbers game here. I think it's going to be either he makes the team because they keep a sixth wide receiver or he gets cut because I can't see Matt Collins losing his job. But if you ask me, I think Greg Ward – should be kept over Matt Collins. I like him better. He has made more plays in the preseason this year. And also the special teams excuse. I know Matt Collins has played pretty extensively on the special teams unit when he was healthy his rookie season. 
But Greg Ward, I mean, you look at when he was with the American Alliance Football League, he took a 70-yard punt return to the house. I mean, he is a special teams player in his own right. I think he can be as productive in that area. And the Eagles used him in some creative ways today. He got a first down on a 15-yard reverse play. They used him with a, a pass play as well. So I actually like Greg Ward Jr. better than Matt Collins. And he, he's showed he could stay healthy, and that's something Matt Collins just hasn't been able to do, right? We've had this crazy injury. I mean, the, the, the running joke the past year and a half has been that Matt Collins is not alive. Like, he doesn't exist. He just fell off the face of the earth because – we didn't see him for a year. So I don't know. I think Greg Ward Jr. earned a – I even liked Mark and Michelle. I thought he had a great spring. He had a great summer. And I thought in the preseason he made plays too. But it's really a numbers game here. And I don't have them keeping six wide receivers. But even if they don't, if they do, I think Greg Ward is that sixth guy. But if they don't, I would still like to make the case that you give Greg Ward the reps that Matt Collins had in 2017 – which their Eagles aren't going to, which is a good thing because they have so many weapons. But if you did, I think he could make the most of those opportunities. I think he could be as productive as Matt Collins was at that level. So I don't think Matt Collins is this this first-round, second-round pick type player with this upside that you have to protect no matter what. Even like a Sidney Jones, right? While you haven't seen it fully on the field quite yet, you've seen flashes here and there you got to protect that because he was a second-round pick with upside of a top 10, 15 overall player. That's not Matt Collins. So for me, if I'm the Eagles, I would really consider keeping Greg Ward over Matt Collins. He was a winner today and uh, the biggest winner. He has been one of the best players in the preseason, probably the best defensive player in the entire NFL. Deshaun Hall, defensive end four is a wrap, if you ask me. Four sacks in the preseason. Three of them were strip sacks. I mean, I didn't even realize it. This guy was a third-round pick just a couple years ago. Carolina let him go. Man, I love their front seven. We talked about it in our, our NFL predictions podcast yesterday. Their front seven would be even better if you had Deshaun Hall rotating through. So that's the thing. We talk about Josh Sweat and Sharif Miller, how these were fourth-round picks that you want to see develop for the next couple years. Deshaun Hall was actually around higher, and he physically is has the same measurables. He has the same upside physically that Josh Sweat has. So Deshaun Hall, and he's he's been producing. He is making these splash plays. He's getting to the quarterback. He has been good against the run. Deshaun Hall is going to be a part of this rotation. It's going to be Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett with Vinny Curry as your third defensive end, and then it's going to be Deshaun Hall for sure. It, he has been a force on the edge, and some people are saying now, will they cut a fourth-round pick after just drafting him in Sharif Miller? Will they cut Josh Sweat just after a year and a half of that project? I say no. I predicted it on Tuesday that they're going to keep six defensive ends. They're going to keep Hall, Sweat, and Miller and hope that at least one or two of these guys end up being somebody that you can use in a rotation. And again, it's going to be a smaller rotation than the Eagles have had in the past. So Deshaun Hall, another big-time performance against the Jets today. He is not only locked up a roster spot, but he also has secured, to me, that fourth defensive end spot over Josh Sweat, who was the favorite heading into the preseason. And I think with that, Eli Harold's a loser because, again, kind of a numbers game, much like Greg Ward. I don't think that they're going to keep seven defensive ends, and I can't justify them cutting Sweat or Miller. So while, yes, Eli Harold had four sacks in the regular season last year, 
I just don't think that the Eagles want to let go of one of their young projects in Deshaun Hall, Sharif Miller, or Josh Sweat. So Eli Harold's a loser here. I think Clayton Thorson for sure. And then Wendell Smallwood. Wendell Smallwood fumbles in the fourth preseason game. And even when I was going through the roster on Tuesday, I could not find a way to – I just think they have to keep extra linebackers. they got to keep six corners. Um, to me, I want them to keep six defensive ends. I don't want to lose Josh Sweat or Sharif Miller, and they're not going to cut Deshaun Hall now. So for me, what was the position that I could get rid of somebody that you don't really need on this team? And it was the fifth running back, which was Wendell Smallwood. And today – Outside of one 18-yard run, Smallwood did not make the most of his opportunities to convince the Eagles that he should be that fifth defensive end. He just doesn't do anything flashy on the field whatsoever. He's such a mediocre running back, and while I wouldn't be surprised if he still ends up making this roster because they love him for some reason, do Staley especially, I, just for me, I think he's definitely a loser for tonight. And uh, Not that Josh Adams is going to take his spot or anything or Boston Scott, I don't think they're going to keep any of them. So I think Wendell Smallwood, maybe it's finally time for Wendell Smallwood not to be on this Eagles team, although I feel like that was uh, – it's long overdue if he ends up getting cut. All right, that's going to do it. I think that's a good wrap here. Uh, also, shout-out to the linebackers, Alex Singleton and TJ Edwards. Uh, they played really well this preseason, but I don't know. Can they beat out Nate Jiri? He has not played well at all this summer, but – that's a Jim Schwartz guy. I, I can't see Nate Jiri, and I know Gino doesn't like him, and he prefers Singleton or Edwards, but I can't see Nate Jiri not being on this team next year so or, or this year. I, I think Schwartz is going to make it so that they keep him, especially with linebackers being beat up right now. They want some experience there in Nate Jiri with Nigel Bradham maybe missing the first week or two and Camus Gruger-Hill missing the first maybe couple months of the season. All right, coming up next, when we wrap up the show, I got some college football takes. I actually enjoyed watching the games today. Not a lot of close ones, but for the draft in the spring, yeah, we're going to get into some draft talk already uh, from an Eagles perspective and also an old face was coaching for the regular season opener of his team in Chip Kelly with the UCLA Bruins. So that's coming up next, wrapping up this Thursday edition of Locked on Eagles. We'll be right back. Guys, we want to give our shout-out today to another one of our sponsors, My Bookie. It's a new season. Antonio Brown's a Raider. Le'Veon Bell's with the Jets. Odell Beckham's in Cleveland. Nick Foles is in Jacksonville. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's back with the Philadelphia Eagles. The one thing that hasn't changed, though, where I'm putting my money down on all the games, also placing bets on you know futures like Lamar Jackson as my MVP. If you heard that on the Wednesday edition of our show, I picked Lamar Jackson to win MVP. I place all my bets on my bookie every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and all it costs is $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Make that money. I'd only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and that's why I always choose my bookie you bet you win they pay my bookie has live in-game betting on every nfl game they've got the most rewarding player perks in the biz and for you fantasy guys out there you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game 
up to $1,000 first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKDOWN when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid, MyBookie. All right, everybody, we are back. Louis DiBiase wrapping up the week, wrapping up the preseason, thank God. And with the preseason ending, we also have the birth of the NFL regular season in 2019, but also the college football season is officially underway. Had a bunch of games today. While there weren't many close ones, we had Cincinnati, UCLA, Clemson, Georgia Tech. We had the Holy War between Utah and BYU. And while for me, I have too many problems with college football from a competitive standpoint with scheduling, with parity, with recruiting, with the committee, the playoff. There's just too many problems I have with the product itself that I more so watch it for a draft perspective, right? A draft point of view. I'm more watching for players like, oh, so-and-so, can he be a dominating running back at the next level? Should this safety be someone the Eagles should target in the draft next year? And that's kind of how I really approached Thursday's college football opening week and let me tell you first off going to UCLA I will always be fascinated with the Chip Kelly era of the Philadelphia Eagles it was such a unique time it was so different and uh it was such a disaster too there was it was such a chaotic three years especially 2015 was just I've never been more miserable as an Eagles fan but at the same time I've never been more fascinated because it was such a philosophical debate back and forth between you know, Chip Kelly's philosophy and then the traditional philosophy of the NFL. So he's back in UCLA now, and it looks like they stink again year two. And it takes some time to turn around a college football program, especially when you're UCLA and you have not been good for quite some time. You lose Josh Rosen when Chip Kelly comes in there. He's kind of starting from the ground up, and he's got to hope that his success at Oregon helps him out. But I do wonder if the stigma of him as a coach, as a a very, not really a player-friendly head coach at the NFL level, I wonder if that maybe is pushing away some recruits at UCLA. And it's too early to tell that, but I do wonder if maybe he doesn't have the same um, – I don't know, the same recruiting power as like obviously as like a Nick Saban or a Dabo in Clemson or even Chip Kelly back at Oregon, right? Chip Kelly was seen as one of the best college coaches in the nation. Oregon was consi- was consistently a great team with Darren Thomas and Marcus Mariota, even when Chip Kelly was the Oregon OC with Dennis Dixon. I mean, that was a team that was probably going to make the national championship if Dennis Dixon doesn't tear his ACL against Arizona. So I don't think I just wonder if that's the same reputation he has after his stint in the NFL. I I mean it didn't really hurt Nick Saban going from Miami with the Dolphins to Alabama, but with Chip Kelly there was just a lot of he he really got dragged through the mud and I think it was a lot of it was justified. Nonetheless, his reputation definitely took a hit at the NFL level. Some things he could get away with in college he just couldn't at the pro level but I wonder now with player power also kind of being something in college sports people are calling for that in college sports as well I wonder if players are like now I don't want to go play for a guy like that it's interesting uh he finally does have a mobile quarterback again it's very interesting that since Marcus Mariota he I don't know if he's preferred pocket passers, but he did have Nick Foles over Michael Vick. He did end up trading for Sam Bradford. He did not go after Mariota. 
although I think he did offer that trade to Tennessee. So that's interesting. Maybe his philosophy went back to mobile quarterbacks, and he did change some things up. That was one thing in the NFL level. Chip Kelly never adjusted, even when it seemed like Seattle had him figured out, right? The offense was very simple. It was more so trying to beat you with tempo, and he always blamed execution. The problem was that he got rid of all the players to execute your simple, to over-execute your very simple scheme. He thought it was all his scheme, so I thought that was ironic. Uh, But actually, it was interesting. Today, he was doing a bunch of different motion stuff pre-snap, misdirection, lots of activity at the line before the snap to try to confuse the defense. So maybe Chip Kelly's uh, he's changing it up a little bit, but uh, I, I I don't think I'm alone in saying that. I, I get a little joy in seeing Chip Kelly, not seeing him have the same success at the college level early on that he had at Oregon, just based on the egotistical ways that I think ended a Philadelphia Eagles era of football. While it did help jumpstart this one right now, at the same time, I think Eagles fans will forever be bitter towards Chip Kelly. That's even why last week there was an FU Chip Kelly chant at an event that Deshaun Jackson was at because he got rid of a bunch of very fan-favorite players like Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin. And, of course, LaShawn McCoy trading him away for Kiko Alonso, too. So, still interesting always to keep tabs on Chip Kelly. He and UCLA lost today to Cincinnati. Uh, Moving on from that... There were some players that I tweeted out before the Eagles game. If you didn't want to watch Eagles-Jets, you could start some early draft prep for the Eagles for the 2020 NFL Draft by watching specifically Clemson. And from a non-Eagles perspective, Clemson has two Heisman favorites in, of course, Trevor Lawrence, but also Travis Antien. Look, I know Miles Sanders is in Philadelphia, but if... Okay, let's say the Eagles, they fall somewhere, right? They're going to be picking in the 20s, the 30s, hopefully. Hopefully they're picking at 32. If Antion, and I doubt he will, but if he fell in the first round, especially considering I still don't think there's going to be a lot of needs for the Eagles next draft, just because they have most of their core locked up and a lot of young guys waiting in the wings too, like Sanders and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Andre Dillard. But at the same time, with that being said, if Antion fell, I don't know how you pass up on that guy. He was incredible for Clemson. 12 carries for 205 yards and three touchdowns, including a 90-yard touchdown. So, I mean, look, guys, I think I'm getting those Josh Jacobs feels all over again with Antion. And I think Miles Sanders is going to be a really good running back in the NFL. And I think he should be the Eagles' RB1 right now and probably will be eventually this season. But it's hard not to. It's just even Utah played today, and Zach Moss is another running back that's going to be a stud this year, over 100 yards. Like, that whole offense ran through Moss, someone that, like Antion, vision, patience, contact balance, kind of like Darwin Thompson, where, like, just this low center of gravity, just so hard to take this big, bulky, little – I mean, he's not small, but just – so powerful and at the same time he has receiving ability I get why running back people feel like they can get them and they don't want to invest money in them while I still think like if you have an elite guy you pay that player or you can justify taking an Ention or a Saquon if you have a quarterback and if you have your roster filled right or you're the Patriots you have the luxury of taking one in the first round if they can be that elite player but at the same time just even every single year, even last year, it was a class that not a lot of people liked, and I think it's going to have some studs in it, like Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery and Miles Sanders and Singletary and Henderson and Darwin Thompson. You know, there's just so many talented running backs in football, and I think that's part of why 
teams have a hard time really going all in on one because they know they can just keep finding them. So, you know, that's another thing I learned today watching these games is that there is some really good college running backs once again. And I wouldn't rule out Philadelphia taking one. While they're not going to take one in the first round, I don't think, or even the second round, at the same time, Jordan Howard's going to be a free agent next year. Darren Sproles is going to retire. You don't know what you have in Corey Clement still, really. So you have Miles Sanders, and outside of that long term, you don't really have a lot. So running back isn't something to totally discard at the college level. But I think the big one, the big player I was keeping a close eye on today while going back and forth with Eagles, Jets, and these college games was back to the Clemson game. It was safety Isaiah Simmons is someone the Eagles fans should really, for, for you college football fans out there that are also Eagles fans, keep an eye on Isaiah Simmons. I think safety is going to be the top priority of the offseason for the Eagles because Rodney McLeod, his future up in the air, only on a one-year deal right now. Malcolm Jenkins is getting older. The Eagles love to use three safeties, and right now that third safety is Andrew Sandejo. So Simmons is a guy... Two big hits on the quarterback today on one drive. He rushes the passer. He's used down in the box against the run, split out wide at corner. Complete package. Simmons, another player, he seems like somebody Jim Schwartz and this Eagles defense would absolutely love. And he uh, he put on a show today against Georgia Tech. So Isaiah Simmons, another guy to watch. He's the consensus right now, I would say, safety two or three in the draft, which, you know, that could that could drop to the Eagles if the Eagles are really good. And I think he could fall to the end of the first round. So that's kind of what I took away from the college football slate of games on Thursday as well. Isaiah Simmons, someone to really keep a close eye on throughout the year at safety for Clemson as a potential target for the Eagles. The running backs look dominant again, especially on Tian. He is legit. I think he is going to be a Heisman finalist this year, if not winning it all. And uh, Chip Kelly into some wild things right now at UCLA, but at the same time, uh, he has not gotten back to his winning ways since 2014. It's been like five years now since Chip Kelly has had a winning football team at any level. So, and again, I feel like a lot of you out there listening find some joy in that. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thank you so much for getting through the summer with us and tuning in each week, four to five podcasts a week, not only getting into preseason topics, but, you know, off-topic kind of things as well, philosophy talk, you know, depth chart things, regular season stuff too, not at the, at the same time as preparing for the preseason. We've really been looking forward to next Sunday for a couple weeks now. So uh, we, we really do appreciate you guys and your support of the show throughout the summer and the dead zone period. It was It's a fun time, as always, to do this for you guys. And the, the feedback, even today, somebody was tweeting out, like, what the best Eagles podcasts are. And just the fact that a couple of you out there said you guys gave us a shout-out means a ton to us. If you aren't subscribed to the show already, if you're a newcomer, we got four to five of these a week in your phone on any podcast provider. Just tell Siri or Alexa to play Lockdown Eagles, but you can also check it out on your desktop at LockdownEagles.com. And, of course, the conversation always continues on Twitter at LOE at Gino underscore LOE, and our show page at LockdownBirds. And if none of us respond, go bug our boy Lars Lewis at LarsLewis12. That's going to do it. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds. Regular season football time, baby.